Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome back to the Steadfast and Law podcast. When I look at a lot of the things that we see happening in our urban centers, our inner city environments, I can trace it back to something that definitively happened in the Johnson administration. When Lyndon Johnson and the Great Society programs decided that they would give checks to women who have children out of wedlock. But there was a condition, a caveat. There couldn't be a working man in the home. So all of a sudden, in the black community... The two-parent household went from 75 to 77 percent when I was born back in 1961 to an abysmal 24 percent today. The issue of fatherlessness is critical in this country, not just in the black community, but in every community. And there's one person that is standing in the gap to try to rectify that. His name is my dear friend, John Smith Baker. The first four decades of John Smith Baker's story reads like that of, any, of many men. He fought hard in his quest for peace and contentment through relentless pursuit of accomplishment and financial gain. He had serial success in business ventures and a distinguished career as a CEO. But coming from a broken home, John secretly suffered the deepest of soul wounds as nothing could fill the void of God's fatherhood plan in his life. One fateful afternoon... On route to a fishing expedition, John's life was changed forever in his own Damascus Road moment. Heavenly Father revealed the nature of his pain and made the profound connection between forgiveness, healing, and the ability to experience the full love of the Heavenly Father, liberating him to become the man God created him to be. The Lord challenged John to use his own experience to face boldly into the epidemic of fatherlessness in America. As a national advocate and voice for the fatherless, John founded Fathers in the Field, a life-impacting ministry that pairs men from the local church with fatherless boys in their community. These men serve as mentor fathers to boys, and with the leading of the Holy Spirit, they walk the road of healing and forgiveness together. Over more than a decade, John continues to lead the Great American Rescue Mission, an expansion of the ministry reach to boys across the nation. John has launched a new and powerful outreach to the fatherless boys who became men without the blessing of fathers in the field through his book, a group study, and a national podcast all entitled Man Enough to Forgive. John seeks to come along what amounts to roughly half of the men in America, those coming from a broken home and a painful childhood without their dad to serve in his God-ordained roles as pastor, provider, and protector. There's a direct connection between nearly all the social ills that com compromise our nation's greatness and the destruction and consequences of fatherlessness through man enough to forgive, John Smith Baker supports and guides men on the path to restoration and freedom. And I'm joined by my dear friend, John Smith Baker, now from Colorado. John, how are you doing? 
Oh, thank you. Uh, Alan, it's just awesome to be here. Thanks for having a guy like me on your podcast. It's just very humbling. Well, you're making an incredible impact, and I go back to when we first met there at the uh, prayer breakfast for the National Rifle Association, I think, gosh, maybe like uh, six years ago now. And, you know, this ministry that you're doing is so important because, you know, everyone, you know, tries to poo-poo this away and try to figure out secular responses or remedies but it really is about restoring that Heavenly Father type relationship of having a, a father, a positive role model in the lives, especially these young men. Amen. Well, it all starts with truth and God Almighty is the author of truth and he's the one that ordained family, the roles in family. And uh, he created male and female differently. I know that's not very popular. Oh, today. especially up there in Colorado. Come on now. <laughs> You'll get a lot of emails now. And then, uh, but, you know, men, if I don't say this, uh, I won't be faithfully obedient to my calling. But men were born and created for a glorious purpose. They have a special role in this kingdom of God's and especially in this broken land and culture given sin. Uh, they are to hold, uphold truth and dignity, defend the innocent, the weak, and God also ordains them and commands them to defend the fathers and the widows in their distress. Mm -hmm. So these are mighty high ground issues that men have to realize they've been commanded to do. So Satan understands that better than anybody, and so he attacks the family, attacks masculinity, attacks manhood and tries to destroy fatherhood and men and bring them to despair so they can't fulfill that just majestic mighty role that god made men for now what and was it your, yeah so no no go ahead no i'm just it it that's where it all starts and the reason they deny that is because then they have to deny there's truth mm -hmm. and they have to you know then uphold the fatherhood role and the importance of having a man in the family. What was it like, you know, coming from the, the business, the private sector, and, you know, having this revelation, like you say, the road to Damascus moment, and starting fathers in the field? I mean, what were the initial challenges that you saw, and what was the turning point in the evolution of the organization? Yeah, great question. Well, first of all, I was scared to death. <laughs> um, because w when you start a ministry, you know, you're not selling a product. You have yeah. to rely on faithful brothers and sisters to come alongside you and support you and fund your mission uh, and your kingdom pursuit. So thankfully, we've had people put their trust in us and come alongside us. And we've grown from just myself. Now we have 10 full-time missionaries around the country battling for the fatherless, which is just awesome. And so that's the first thing. But the Lord, again, word is true, right? If he calls you, he pr will provide. Mm -hmm. And secondly, what really was the largest stumbling block for me is really the apathy in the, in the church as well as in the culture to really the roles of fatherhood. And that, you know, I don't know if it's just indifference or or just a defense mechanism, but they just pretend it doesn't matter, you know, that these boys will be okay, that it really doesn't matter, that women can raise men into manhood, that, 
you know, men and women are equal in roles. And, and obviously God loves men and women equally, but he's given them different roles. Mm -hmm. And it takes a, a nurturing uh, mother and a masculine man to raise a healthy individual. And so that's what's happening out there. And if you look at every ill in society, it always, most of the time, just points back to the fatherhood issue. And every time you see a suicide, you see a drug addiction, porn addiction, workaholicism, depression, anxiety, you point right back to their father because they're unhealthy people and they don't know how to deal with the reality of this broken world. You know, it's interesting because you and I have had this conversation before and, you know, we're not saying that a single mom can't, but we're definitely saying that it is much more difficult for the single mother to try to take both of those roles, as you just articulated, of the father and the mother and try to, you know, successfully raise a young son. And it proves out in in the statistics. It proves out in the facts. Right. You you have talked about this. You know, when you look at the uh, the young men that we find in our prison systems, what is the common thread? The common denominator. I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, it, it's the lack of a, a of a father in their life shepherding him to proper manhood, proper fatherhood, what it means to be a man, and. And when that wound is developed in men, they respond in really two different ways. They res most of them, statistically, about 85% rebel and they're angry and they're bitter. And they want the world to know the chaos that is, has been caused in their life. So they, it manifests themselves in their brokenness. So anger, theft, rape, prison, you name it. And... And that's why most of them get adjudicated and, and put in jail. The other 15% become overachievers because they're trying to earn their father's affection. They're trying to show their worth and value. And that's kind of the route I took. I tried to become a perfectionist and win everything. But in the end, we put ourselves, we put our careers, our achievements ahead of our family. Instead of a father sacrificing, put his needs below everybody else's. He puts his needs first and really ends up abandoning his children just in a different way. Instead of being out of wedlock, they end up in divorce and, and chaos still ensues. You know, it's amazing because I often share with people, you know, they say, well, Colonel, how did you get interested in the military? How did you go on to become an officer? I said, it's very simple. My dad sat me down on the steps of his home. I was 15 and he was a corporal in World War II and he challenged me to be the first officer. And our family. Amen. And I just think about now, if he had not been there, where would I have gone? It, because he gave me a, 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 a true north. And so I went into high school, junior ROTC. I Amen. went into ROTC at the University of Tennessee. And on 31 July 1982, uh, only time I saw my dad cry, uh, pinning on my uh, second lieutenant bars. So how do your mentor fathers fit in and fill this role and talk to us about how you get into these churches and how can churches become a part of this program? Yeah, the, the mentor father provides a wonderful role in these boys. As you said, they're standing in the gap. They're not surrogate fathers, they're mentors. Mm -hmm. They only have so much time, you know, to invest in these boys. And so really, 
the the fundamental issue is they these fatherless boys we call them field buddies get to witness a man making a commitment and living up to that commitment and so that's the key because once this boy understands this man will fulfill his commitment then he allows that man to speak life into his soul but that's why we have a three-year commitment in this ministry one year at a time so this boy can see this man fulfilling a commitment multiple mm -hmm. times. And once that boy it takes about a year, because as we share with all these mentor fathers, these boys initially think you're a liar. Mm -hmm. You're going to fail in your commitment. You're going to run away. You're going to, when it gets hard, you're gone. And when they get to see these men live up to their commitment, then they can speak life into them. And the first life lesson they have to teach him is, that he's a sinner too, just like his dad. And every one of these boys will rebel in their commitment because deep down they want to see if this man cares enough about him to live up to the commitment and share his truth. And the way they process that is, will this man hold me accountable to my commitment? Yeah. That's how they perceive that somebody loves them. And so once they do that, this man gets to share the most grace-filled gospel truth with this boy to penetrate all the hurt and callous on his heart. He gets to share that, that he's a sinner and he needs to be forgiven too, just like his father. And once he understands that, you know, the rest is up to the Holy Spirit and God, as we know, to convict him. But that is the gospel message, as we say, translated into a father's boy language. That's what he needs to hear. Because these boys view their father's abandonment really as the unforgivable sin. You know, it's amazing in that, you know, in this day and time, what you're talking about, this, this is not some secular remedy. No. This is a, this is a faith-based Christian remedy. And, and that's the beauty of, of what you're articulating yes. here is to restore that relationship. I, I've, I forget the Bible verse. Of course, you're correcting me. You will correct me where it talks about abide in me. And, and that's what we're looking at, having that abiding relationship that it, it's been severed. And so yes. we have to, to restore it. You, you know, I just shared with you recently an article from Senator Josh Howley out of yes. Missouri uh, because I think that there is a wholehearted, secular, worldly, Satan-backed assault yep. against men. You yes. know, and Josh Hawley wrote about that, wrote about that and man, the, the left went apoplectic on him about <laughs> yes. this whole toxic masculinity thing. You know, we need to have masculine men. I, I call them delta males. We need to get away from these delta males that are out there. You know, yes. your, your governor's kind of reminds Amen. me of one, but uh, uh, let's talk about that. And how do you go out and recruit these, these mentor fathers? What are you looking for? What are the characteristics? Because they got to pass your litmus test first. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes a pretty high standard, as you know, but um, I, I just to reinforce what you said, listen, masculinity is a gift to the world. Masculinity is a gift to the world. And that's why this world wants to destroy it. And if we don't recognize that, then we can't aspire to good things. Listen, the, the, the people that get impacted the most are women when, when there's not godly, righteous men abound. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, history has shown that over and over again. Um, but to, to answer your question, we love the local church. Christ died for the local church. And uh, so we go through the local church. We believe that the greatest underutilized assets sitting in churches are men. And so uh, we get to employ their, their passion, their desire to serve the kingdom, their masculine heart, their adventurous spirit into kingdom work. I mean, sadly, most churches have been feminized and, and over time. And the most crazy risk-taking risk ministry that's in churches nowadays is the security team. And, and, uh, you know, if they're, if they're really spiritual men, maybe they can take the offering, you know, and if they're just new, new men to the church, maybe they can do the parking lot ministry or the chair stacking ministry. You know, these don't, these don't, these don't make men's hearts leap for joy. They, they don't aliven men's spirits to, to, to sacrifice and do great kingdom work. No, but now we can say, Hey, listen, God made you love automotives. God laid made you to love hunting or fishing or sports or wood woodworking use the passion god gave you and use that to build a relationship with a broken hurting angry fatherless boy show a commitment over time and then speak truth and life into his soul and that's what they need they need truth and life into their soul but they feel the world even the church has left them behind because what we have to realize is the single mom population people group is the largest unchurched people group in America now. Mm. It's crazy to think of. they're the widows of our time. And even if they wanted to come to church, most of them are working the service jobs on the weekend, so they can't. Yeah. So they're the forgotten people group in America, even by the church. So it's just a beautiful thing to help the church, come alongside the church, coach them, teach them mentor them how to go out and find these precious souls and invite them to the church. And let's, it's just it's just a wonderful thing. Let's talk about your conference that will be happening out in San Diego and yours truly. I'm very humbled and honored to, to be attending and speaking yes. at that conference. Uh, what's going to be the focus of that conference in San Diego in September? Yeah, well, we're so grateful that you're going to be one of the keynote speakers. And, and it's just what a delight. I mean, I've seen you speak so many times now. I, I get goosebumps because you just bring it. You know I'll what I mean? Get, I get lucky just, every now and then. It's just awesome. It's unabashed. It's just, it's just wonderful. But primarily, these are these are souls have, who have invested in the ministry and who have allowed us to advance this great needed cause. And we get to spend two days of fellowship. We get to share the success stories we get to really inspire them we get to pray with them and we get to really uh recharge them for the next phase of the battle if you will uh, for the fatherless in their own community and so it's just a wonderful time and we get to present our next uh you know projects with them and hopefully they'll come alongside us and support us like man enough to forgive that effort it's a men's study because what we're finding is the local churches ask us, we see the great impact you're having with the youth, but we have so many men in our church wounded and on the sidelines. How do we get them back on the battlefield? How do we get them back into the kingdom, yeah. you know, 
game, if you will. And they have to deal with their father and just like these, these youth have. So we put a men's curriculum together and, and all that, and we're going to make a big effort. And you're going to be a part of that as, you know, helping us spread the word as a spokesperson. And we just, um, we're just really excited about that. So it's just a great time uh, of, of fellowship and, and spiritual encouragement to recharge us, to go out there and fight the great kingdom battle. Last question uh, before we you know, let everybody know how they can get in contact with you. What's the process by which a church or one can connect with you yeah. and, and learn more about fathers in the field and get uh, mentors to help yeah. out here? Thank you for asking that. You can go to our website, fathersinthefield.com. There's a button there, enroll your church. They, they can contact us. And the very first step, just to, just to educate your, your listening audience, is that we need an hour meeting with your pastor, your senior pastor. And he has to agree and commit, just like we ask mentor fathers and single moms and field buddies, and to commit to be an advocate for the fathers, even from the pulpit that don't regulate this to the back corner just because somebody's interested in it. And if that church is willing to do that and they stand on sound biblical principles, we come alongside them and we invest in the local church. We're not asking the local church for anything. We're investing in the local church to respond to the very clear commands laid out in the Bible. Well, thank you so much. And where can people find out about the conference uh, out in San Diego this September? Yeah, you can just go to fathersinthefield.com as well, and we just try and lay everything out there. And we're just so excited to have you. We look forward to uh, giving you a big bear hug. And just yes, thank sir. you for your time and investment in the fatherless. It, it means a great deal to us, and, and we consider you a hero of the fatherless as well. well so thank you. My, my pleasure. Your parting words, how important is this issue for the future of our country? Oh, I'm unvarnished, unabashed, and I say this all the time. This is the number one societal issue we're facing. Greg Laurie, Pastor Greg Laurie, has said it best. Uh, the family can survive without the nation, but the nation cannot survive without the family. Amen. And if you really look at it, the delta is, is fast decreasing when we will uh, feel the destruction of the family and the destruction of a nation if we don't reverse the trend. Well, God bless you for all you have done. Thank you so much for answering when you had that road to Damascus moment, because a lot of people don't. But uh, we're going to be a better as a nation because of what you're doing, and I look forward to seeing you out there in San Diego in September, John. If not before then, I think we're going to meet. Yeah, we're going to have breakfast together. Can't, it, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. So uh, we will continue to speak highly of what you're doing because, like you said, oh, it's you. important for this nation. So God bless All you, All glory John. to God to save a wretch like me. Somebody That's it. That's amazing yeah. grace. Thank Take you. care, my friend. Have a great one. God bless. God be with you. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. Thank you for John Smith Baker joining us and talking about this issue of fatherlessness fatherlessness and we have to correct that without a doubt because we've got to train up our young men and we need male role models positive role models in the home if you like this podcast please click the like button share it with others and as always we'll see you next time steadfast and loyal
before they burn it down.